0: What's up, sing your hallelujah, sing
1: mercy, God of mercy, amen. God of mercy, sweet love of
0: mine, and I have surrendered
1: to your desire, may this all Are you ready? Come on, lift your hallelujahs up one more time to Jesus. We say,
0: said that if we ask we'll receive come on so we're asking for the greater measure so let the rain come drench us in love let your power
1: There's no other name but the name of Jesus. It's a beautiful name.
2: China. It is the name over India. It is the name over Russia. It is the name over Central and South America. It is the name of all principalities and powers, rulers of this darkness world. It's the name over cancer, diabetes, divorce, circumstances. It is the name of unemployment and poverty. It is a name that shatters all other names. No other name stands intact. It shatters His glass. It breaks this glass. No other name can resist the power that's in the name of Jesus. Every sickness and every disease that has a name shattered. Poverty, depression, suicide, discouragement shattered through the powerful name of Jesus. It is the only name that stands today, yesterday, and forever. It's that name that should be worshipped all through eternity. It's that name that gets you into heaven. It's that name that gets your sins washed away. It's the name of Jesus that brings an inner peace. And nothing can make it pass away. We magnify Emmanuel. He is God with us. We magnify and worship the presence of the Holy Spirit. We say, Holy Spirit, you are welcomed in this place. You are welcomed in this place. Fall on this place anew. Fall upon all the brokenness. Fall upon the misery. Fall upon the confusion, the addictions, the hurt, the pain. magnify yourself as we stand bewildered at the magnitude of your presence in your name there's no one else like Jesus we praise you we glorify you can you say Jesus you're everything to me I love you Jesus with all my heart with all my soul with my mind with my body with all our hopes sacred, all that I love, I lift it up to You, Jesus. Have it all, my children, my job, my future, my everything. And it's in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Turn around and somebody shake their hand and welcome them today. Tell them I'm so glad that you are here. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah,
1: the name, the name, the name of Jesus,
2: oh, hallelujah, praise God, well, it's good to see everybody this morning, how is everybody doing, come on, how's everybody doing, good morning, word of grace, man, it's good to see you. Glad that you're here today. We bless you. We got a special baby, Regan. We want to dedicate today. Look at there. Look at there. Where she's at. They bring her up. We're going to dedicate Regan today. I tell you, I love doing one dedication at a time. This baby's a rock star, huh? Look at that. Here comes mom and dad. Hallelujah. Beautiful little baby girl. hallelujah (laughs) is there other family want to come come on on and face us come on grandpa and grandpa yeah y'all come on I mean we're going to celebrate the whole family somebody had something to do for these to be here today (laughs) hallelujah beautiful beautiful Hallelujah! Here, Bally shoulders. Is that everybody here? Come on over here if you want to. You know what her name means, Regan? You know what it means? It means ruler. She's going to rule. I guess she rules you, don't she? Yeah. But it also means spiritual strength. That's a powerful name. She's going to be a s- strong woman of God. So, Father, we come before you and we anoint her with oil from the top of her head to the soles of her little feet. And we thank you for Regan. Thank you that she means ruler, spiritual strength. Thank you, Lord God. This name was not an accident, but it was an impartation. It's a destiny. It's a future she will fulfill. For she shall be spiritually strong in areas of her mind in her life where it will cause her to rule and reign in this life through Jesus Christ. There will be a strength of authority in her prayers and in her songs. There will be a security in her life. There will be a security in a time when others are running to and fro. She will be saying, no, just stand still and see the salvation of our God. I thank you for our Lord God giving this dad, this mom, the family, the wisdom to raise her in church, raise her in the word, raise her with a conscience of knowing you for she's not an accident she's a purpose and a blessing and we thank for perfect health and healing thank you Lord God for divine manifestations in her life and in her family and we pray this in Jesus name, amen amen congratulations well, you've grown up. <laughs> Congratulations. 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 Hey, Amen. What do you think about Big Brother, huh? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Amen. Awesome. God bless you. all must be other grandparents. Hallelujah. God bless you. Hi, sweet. God bless you, sir. Hey, young man, what's your name? Dustin. Dustin. Lord, we just thank you for Dustin. And, Lord, you don't mind, do you? Do you need permission? Oh, it's, it's not your baby? You're just holding it. It's all right. Whose baby is it? Okay, come see. Can we pray for your baby? Destin, Father, I lift up this fine child. And I thank you for this baby boy, for his precious mom, and the family. We dedicate him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet And we dedicate him to you To your purpose your plans Let there be a dream let him be a dreamer as joseph was a dreamer Let him dream dreams And see these dreams fulfilled And with every dream there will be a strength to arise to the occasion To be what he's called and meant to be I thank you lord god That he's got a destiny And he will fulfill those days I plead the blood of Jesus over his life. That he will live a long and a fruitful life. And I thank you for him. Mm. In Jesus' name. And I bless you, sweetie. What's your name? Blair. Blair we bless you, Blair. In Jesus' name. Blair's blessed in Jesus' name. From the top of her head and the soles of her feet. Lord, give mom the wisdom, the guidance, the hunger, the spiritual attitude. To raise these children in your, in your way. We bless her. Thank you, Father, for peace. Thank you for breakthrough. Thank you for new beginnings. New beginnings. New beginnings are coming. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Did that mean something to you about new beginnings? It does, huh? It does? You know Who are you to her? You're her grandma. So you know what new beginnings mean? Oh, glory. Jesus knows what he's doing, don't he? Jesus knows. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Bless you, young man. God bless you. Bless you, man. Bless you, really. Wow, what a joy. Take care of them girls. I know you will. Daddy taught you to fight them. Not fight them, but protect them. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you blessed today? Man, mm, that was special. Mm, Praise God. Hallelujah. I know you're special. You, no, no, no. How many of you believe you're special? Hey, uh huh. I don't care what your wife told you this morning. How many of you men believe you're special? How many of you ladies know you're special? How many know you're sugar and sweet and all that other stuff? Okay, amen. Good to see everybody here this morning. So glad that you're here. Want to make a few quick announcements? Don't forget, Intercess Repair are on Sundays, 8.45. No, 8.15 to 8.45. Also, Wednesdays. This coming Wednesday, 5.60 is our Bible class. And it starts at 5.30, and it's going to be on the book of Ephesians. And if there's any book you've ever wanted to be interested in, it's the book of Ephesians. It will cause you to be stronger, wiser, and cause you to do more things in the Spirit. It's an important book. Also, today's the deadline to pay for the t-shirts for Prime Kids Conference. That's our Vacation Bible School. It's always such a huge, big thing, and we want to encourage you to do that. And also, if you're visiting us for the first time, thank you for being our guest. We welcome you. We're honored to have you. If that's you, would you please raise your hand? Anybody visiting us for the first time? God bless you, men. Good having you. You, sister, would you please shout out a card in front of you? We want to have your information over here. God bless you. Good having you. Anybody else for the first time? We're glad having you all. Thank you for being a guest here today. So glad and honored to have you. And uh, that you go from guest to family. Hallelujah. Amen. Just glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles, you know, Wednesday night was our healing service and I shared this and I wanted to share it again. Because you find so many people, you know, I want answers for my life and the Bible has full of answers. In fact, the Bible has all the answers. Amen. Do you know one word from God can change your life forever? Do you know this is not my word, it's God's word? And When I speak it, do you know that it can get inside of you and change whatever it is now? And he tells us some things, and in Exodus chapter 15, to tell you how the story goes. In the first 23 chapters, 23 verses of Exodus 15, Moses is leading Israel, they cross the Red Sea, they're in the desert, they're singing. 22 verses is nothing but a song about how triumphant God is over all the enemies. And the horse and riders are thrown into the sea, and the Red Sea uh, fell upon the people. And everything is just hunky-dory, and everybody's having church. Then you leave church, and the battery's dead, you got a flat. Or you go home, something's going on, and all of a sudden you go from rejoicing to something else. And so the children of Israel have been three days, say three days. No water. Three days, no water. They're thirsty. They see some water, they run to it. And it says here in Exodus 15, when they get to it, they find out that the water's too bitter that they can't even drink it. This don't even work. Why did we leave where we were just to find something that is just bitter? And it says that they started crying and complaining to Moses, but Moses, instead of responding to the people, Moses cried out to God. And Moses cried out to God, and it, says, and it says there in verse 24 and 25, God showed him a tree. Somebody shout out a tree. The tree represents the cross, that when you put Christ in the middle of your bitterness, God can revive it and make life sweet when life's been bitter. And they were drinking that bitter water and all of a sudden it turned sweet. And God showed Moses how throwing a tree or a branch into that water could make it sweet. And this is what I want you to get. One of the things you need to get is if you're going to stay bitter, you'll never see what God wants to show you. Bitterness blinds you. And I've shared time and time again, God many times cannot heal the outward body because the inward us is sick. And The Bible talks about the root of bitterness growing in us. You know what bitterness is? I don't see how this could get any better. I don't see how life can change. And so we get bitter about life and we go to the doctor and we're expecting a good report and we get a bad report or we find out that we're fired or we find out we're laid off or we find out this bill came in or we need a new roof or whatever it is. Life happens. And you can either stay bitter and not see what God wants to show you and then God said and you, when you're bitter you can't hear from God. So here you are. You can't hear from God. You can't see what God wants to show you. So you live in this life in this bitterness. But Moses cried out to God. And God showed him what to do. And it came the answer. And they drank a little bit of water. And instead of camping out there, that bitter water, it said they continued walking. And it says in the last verse there, in verse 27. And then it says they were showed by him. And they came to a place that had 12 pools of fresh water and 70 palm trees. That same day. They went from drinking bitter water to having 12 pools of fresh water and 70 palm trees. I didn't get to count yet how many palm trees we got, but how many believe with me we're going to have more buildings and more palm trees in front of our church? I think we ought to have 70 palm trees. How about you? Oh, that'd be awesome. 70 palm trees. And they keep having babies, so they coming. Hallelujah. The palm trees have babies. Y'all have babies? Man, we're on the move. But can you imagine if they would have stayed bitter they would have never moved forward to all that God had for them. It's the same thing in life. Ruth's mother-in-law said, don't call me Naomi, call me bitter. I'm just a bitter lady because of everything that's happened in life. And Ruth was going, oh, oh, oh don't stay bitter. God's got a covenant for you. And i want to tell you today on behalf of the one who gave his life for you. He didn't give a life so that you'd have a bitter life. He gave his life that you may have an abundant life. And so the enemy's trying to tell you there's nothing but bitterness in store for you. You have nothing to look forward to. That is a lie from the devil himself. The Lord has said, if I am for you, who can be against you? Right, amen. And he says, taste of the waters and see that they are sweet. And he told the woman at the well who had five husbands and was living with another man. And nobody wanted to even be around her. She'd been drinking nothing but bitterness for years. Bitter after one marriage, after another in life has given me nothing but bitterness. And Jesus came and said, I've come to give you a new fresh water that will never run dry. Is the wells of living water. Can I hear an Amen? So I want everybody come, I want everybody to come forward. No, no, not everybody. I want the ushers. (laughs) We're gonna I want everybody to get ready to sow, and we're gonna have the ushers come forward to get the hallelujah. God's gonna just heal somebody today. Can I hear an amen? He, he just keeps seeing everybody, everybody, everybody. You saw I couldn't even dedicate one baby, I had to dedicate them all. Man, I almost started going over the, every pew and dedicating all the babies here. Glory be to God. Because we love you. The Lord loves you. The Lord is with you. So be, be happy. Be energetic. We're getting ready to praise Him some more. God bless you as you give. And we're so glad to have you today. God bless you. Amen. And all. I- Hallelujah. You saw the first brother came met me. He just moved down here not long ago. In fact, he's looking for a house, but he came He shared Wednesday that he came when he first came here, he came on a cane and his sugar diabetes was over 300. God's healed his sugar diabetes. Now he just told me God's healed his cancer and yesterday he sold his cane in the garage sale for Africa. Now that's a, Huh? That's, that's the way to do it. Hey, I don't need this. So does Kane in the garage sale. Whoa, hallelujah. What a blessing. And also, y'all remember when I shared about missions, all that we've done and we're doing, and I shared about the Watkins and their, their two boys. They went to Guatemala and they, it, it was not working out the paperwork and it was money. So we kept sending them money, telling them to stay and to stay. Well, Walter, who is graduating this year is here. Walter, where are you? Walter, would you stand up? And little Miguel. There's Miguel. These two boys, all kind of awards. They're both geniuses, student of the year, athletic. Both of these children are here, and we're here celebrating, and we just want to celebrate them and thank God because they're testimony. They're testimony. But those parents took them as they were missionaries in Guatemala and brought them here and raised them. And they've God's God's used them, and God's gonna use them mightily. Now they've moved. He got transferred on his job, but man, it's so good to see y'all today. It's so good to see each and every one of you. How many know God is good? How many? Hey, hey, yeah. I also, have a graduate from the, uh, the army, Tierra. Tierra, where are you, Tierra? Yeah. Graduated yeah. from boot camp or what? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! Wow! You graduated. <laughs> Where'd you go? Excuse me. Oh, Fort Lost in the Woods. Oh, Fort Leonard Wood. Well, you did it, girl. We're proud of you. Would you please give this soldier a hand for accomplishing boot camp? <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't have a coin at this moment, but I want to give you a coin and uh, just bless you. How long are you going to be in this area? Oh, you're going to be here. Okay, well, I want you come on Sunday so I can pray for you and give you a coin. Because we're proud of our soldiers. Amen. Man, all these people keep popping up. Anybody else here important that I need to know about? Well, I see some ladies fanning themselves. We might need to turn the air up because we're going to preach today. Last week, it was on whoremongers. Remember? And you came back to church. (laughs) Thank you for wanting the truth. Because you don't hear about whoremongers in church anymore. Of course, we don't have any. That was for people on the Internet. Hey, we love everybody on the Internet. Bless you. But listen, I had something happen to me. My boy, who just got out of the army and then went to Colorado uh, with some friends, he just got back and he told me that in Colorado you can see the storm coming because of the mountains, they were at Point Peak or Peak Point. Anyways, 14,000 feet above sea level, Pikes Peak. Uh, Yeah, Pikes Peak. Hey, look, this is my second service. Well, y'all know I'm like this no matter what. So anyway, you can see the storm coming. And I started thinking about when I was a boy living in South Louisiana, I remember we didn't have a TV, not because we didn't believe in it, because we were too poor to have one. So so we didn't know a hurricane was coming. All of a sudden, the hurricane was on top of us. And Dad hollered, y'all come help me get the plywood to nail it up on the windows. And I remember grabbing the plywood and the wind was almost taking me away. And it's like we were trying to nail the plywood up to protect our house in the middle of the storm. But now we've got cell phones that make all this noise and you look at it and it's sunshine outside. Oh, you heard this? There's sunshine outside, but all of a sudden it's saying tornado warnings. I think something would be wrong with this phone. But the phone can see it before I do. So I could prepare for what could end up being a disaster. But yet having my life saved because I've already heard that something's coming that I cannot see. And that's something I want to talk to you today as I've been talking in the area that we're all human, and I, pre- I stand here, and I preach to you, not judging, not condemning, but as a pastor to help you board up your house. Because I don't want you to be like this old fella that he just knew his wife was cheating on him, so he decided, I'm going to take off for work and get home early and catch her. So he took off from work, got home early, and went through the house, and he opened the door. <clears throat> They lived on the fourth floor over a convenience store. And when he got on the fourth floor, he opened the door. He could smell cigar smoke. And he said, oh, I'm going to catch her today. So he started running to the house trying to find him, trying to find her. Couldn't find anybody. So he goes out on the balcony. He looks down and there's this fellow running into a little sports car convertible downstairs. And so he says, that's got to be him. And he got so mad, he picked up the refrigerator, threw the refrigerator over the fourth story balcony onto that little car. But as the refrigerator is falling down, the cord wraps around his neck and brings him down, too. Well, the next thing you know, he's standing before St. Peter. And St. Peter says, what did you do? He said, well, I love my wife and I wanted to save my marriage. And I I knew she was fooling around on me, but I wanted to find her and I wanted to save our marriage. But it kind of went south and I didn't know what I was doing when I did it. And Peter goes, listen, if anybody understands you, I do. I understand, and we kind of give room for that here, because we understand that sometimes you end up saying and doing stuff you don't mean to. I did it. Jesus forgave me, so come on in. He looks at the second guy and says, what, what you here for? The guy looks at him and says, I really don't know. I was getting a newspaper, got in my car, and the next thing I knew, I was here. <laughs> so Peter says, well, I can understand that, so you come on in. Then he looks at the third guy and he says, what were you doing in the refrigerator? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> How many of you know the Bible says your sins will find you out Now, I, you know, we, we had these birds build their nest right over our front door And, you know, I, I wanted to keep it I didn't, I didn't want to destroy nothing So I just left it there And watching the little babies have hatched And their mouths are all open And the mom and daddy are sleeping together in the nest at night They face each other their little heads together And they're sitting in the nest And the babies are underneath them with their mouths open It is just so cute Well, Monday... There was a snake started coming and started going up the column, and I called Cindy. and said, "Babe, come here, look at that snake." So I got the pellet gun, and I thought, you know, I got a notch here for that possum. <laughs> now I'm gonna kill a snake. So I went and put that blue uh, Braveheart paint on again, pumped up my pellet gun. Now you gotta understand, I was raised shooting snakes. I can, I shot. She well, she was impressed. I shot that snake in between the eyes first shot. She was impressed. I thought, <laughs> I thought I ain't going to let no snake steal these birds. And they're still happy today because I killed that snake. Now, what if Adam would have grabbed Satan when the most subtle of animals? If I'd have let that snake alone, he would have ate the mom, the dad, and the babies. And as pastor, I want to warn you today about how subtle. Affairs can happen. And I want to give you some nuts and bolts today. And we're going to have a good time and we're going to get the word. But I want you to board up your house because there's a lot of things happening in churches and in the world. And God wants you to safeguard your family like those birds are safe. And I want to share some things with you because I believe God wants to help you in some areas. Because listen, marriage is about giving, affairs is about taking. Affairs and adultery is so selfish. So about me, not about you, and the consequences are going to happen. So we have to be careful of these things. And Jesus gave us something very real here. He said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. There's that bond from birth, but shall be joined and bonded to his wife. And the two shall be one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, God has joined. There's the word joined a second time. Joined together, let not man or woman separate. I want to share with you, you do not want to be the man or the woman that causes a separation in marriage. You want to ask God today and continue asking him for the grace to where you are one with your mate. Your mate is one with you and the enemy will not use you in any way or someone else to separate what God has joined. Just like my, my, my daughter-in-law, my son got married just a few weeks ago and they had communion. And, and, and many times in weddings, they do the sand, that all the sand is mixed up together. and You can never separate it because the two have become one for eternal. That's the type of marriage bond we have. And the enemy would want to come in here and steal it. And I put some po- picks up yesterday and it kind of was like this one. If I want it, I'll get it. And I put some pics up like this. And, you know, a lot of the women today say, you know, all men are animals. You know, all they want. And they're all talking about men. But I want you to notice something. And I, on my Facebook is the same way that mostly women responded to. That's a woman right there. That's a woman right there. And that's some little skinny guy who's just minding his own business. Kind of like me and my wife. I was a 15-year-old skinny kid. And she came with those purely white teeth and those hazel eyes. I want it. I want it. But affairs don't happen just because of men. It happens. In fact, one out of four is also women. And so I want you to see here. It's not just a man thing. It's also a woman thing. And if I want it, I'll get it. A lot of people could tell you, you may not want what you think you want. And when you get it, you sure wish you could let it go. But once you get it, it's not that easy to let it go. Sometimes there's a price with those things. And what I want to tell you is one of the ways of the enemy is that I I protected those birds from that snake. I want you to know, Adam and Eve, something happened that day. I I imagine Adam and Eve got in a fight because Eve ended up going under a tree talking to that snake who smooth talked her and said, you're you're, you're supposed to be a goddess. Don't you know that God, God don't want you to know that you could be a goddess. He sweet talked her and he gave her a gift. Where was Adam? They probably got in a fight and known couples, they probably got in a fight sort of like this, like I'm sure Eve was going, Adam, do you love me? I'm sure Adam goes, well, who else is there? (laughs) How many of you know we got to learn to have more tact in our conversation? Do you love me? Who else is there? Eve, you're the only woman on earth. What he should have said, you're the only one in the world for me. That's what he should have said. But he probably just went ahead and just said something, you know, well, you know, who else is there? And so she goes, well, if you're not going to treat me right, I hear something calling me behind a tree. And he gave her an apple. Let me tell you something. The enemy was starting your head before getting you in the bed talking about affairs it'll start with a thought in the head before you ever hit the bed so that's why the bible talks about the helmet of salvation because these thoughts come and they come to us all and we all have to fight temptations because we're all human i don't stand here preaching like one who has arrived on one who stands on the grace and the mercy of god every day but there's things that you learn there's things you grow in so that you will not become target you will not be the victim of the enemy And so we got to watch our thoughts. And I love what somebody said. Watch your thoughts for they become actions and watch your actions for they become habits and watch your habits because they become your character and watch your character because it becomes your destiny. So we have to be careful. Somebody in the first service was telling me they just got through riding a roller coaster. Well, you know, a fair is pretty much like a. they were telling me that this roller coasters in this park was better than that park. Well, an affair is pretty much like a roller coaster. You get on it. It's a rush and then it's over. And then you want another rush. And then another rush. It's never a long-term satisfaction. It's always getting on, getting off, getting on, hiding, trying to get in. It's it's just not something the way God wanted it. And I shared this with you last week. Anything that refreshes you without distracting you or hiding the final goal is good. Anything that refreshes you. King David was in a battle and he was... He was longing for water from, from the well he grew up with. And he said one day, and his soldiers heard him, he says, oh, if I could just have some water from the well, I grew up drinking when I was a kid. Three of the soldiers took their armor off, and they went to the well, got them some water, brought it back to him, and they go, here, King David, here's your heart's desire. Here's water from the well. And David went to drink it, but then he thought, you know what, you risked your lives to give me this water. And he poured it as an offering unto the Lord. It was something refreshing, but what refreshed him more than the gift was the deed. Then we see here, so anything that seduces me or takes away from that becomes a poison pleasure for my soul. So we find this same David who who could not see the lives of his men being being risked for just a cup of water, giving it as an offering to the Lord. But then now we find him, he's on the roof watching another man's wife bathe. The thoughts in the head before you hit the bed. And the poison starts coming in the sight of him. And then I want to show you the third point I didn't get to last week. Anything we do that jeopardizes the rights of another person, that is an illicit pleasure. And that word illicit is the word adulterous, is forbidden, banned, taboo, unacceptable, secret, or overboard. And I started thinking about these three quotes. That here's the same man who couldn't even drink the water of the soldiers that jeopardized their life to give it to him. Then he started becoming poisoned by the woman that he watched... And now we find the same man who couldn't drink water from three soldiers now sending a soldier to the front line to be killed on purpose so he can marry his wife. The same man who poured it out as an offering now counts a life as nothing but an obstacle to get in his way that he has to get out of so that he can get what he wants. I want it at all costs. These are wake-up calls and things to be thinking of, of the things that we we could do when we desire something so bad that jeopardizes our sacred rights. And and I've hear i got friends in here that I admire so much that at nine years old, he started raising his siblings because his parents weren't home and and other people who had uh, parents who were addicted to drugs or alcohol and they were never home, so they were having to take up the place of the parents because here it goes. If you jeopardize the rights of another person, At an affair, you're going to be jeopardizing another man's wife, another man's husband, another man's children and your own children, your in-laws. So many people are being jeopardized. And if you're not careful, it will jeopardize the rights of another person. The lives that are hurt and destroyed because the flesh crying out for what it wants. I love what Solomon said here. Drink water from your own well." Can I hear an Amen. Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife, with your husband. Why spill the water out of your springs in the streets having sex with just anyone? If I want to be a blessing, I want to have someone's best interest in mine. And that should be my mate and my children. Can I hear an amen? I don't want to jeopardize my future because of my desires, my wrong desires or pleasures. A famous psychologist, psychiatrist wrote this. Many do choose happiness but do not obtain it. The reason they do this is they seek to be happy. They are seeking for inner peace and joy in the wrong places. They seek it in the material and they do not find it. They seek it out sexually, but end up with fleeting pleasures and long-term disappointment. They seek inner fulfillment by obtaining positions of power, by exercising control, but remain unfulfilled and live with suicide tendencies. They have everything this world has to offer, but one thing, inner peace. Everything we can chase after will never give us the inner peace. And we studied in in Ecclesiastes last week, the first 10 verses. Now we'll look here. It says, but as long as I looked at everything and worked so hard to accomplish, it was so meaningless, like chasing the wind. Somebody shout out chasing the wind. That's what affairs are. That's what that man who sweet talks you, that woman who sweet talks you, and you think that would be the perfect person to spend the rest of your life, and it's worth throwing everything down the drain to start over again. And I want to share with you, you've already been divorced. You've already gone through this. The blood of Jesus covers a multitude of sins. This is not to convict you for who you've been or what you've done, because what you did is not you. You're a new person. But this is to help us not to make the same mistakes or to make the mistakes so that we ruin our lives or someone else's. Can I hear an amen? And King Solomon, he writes here, he loses it towards the end. He says, for the wise can see where they are going. A wise person can see where they are going. But fools walk in the dark. Yet I saw that the wise and the foolish share the same fate. Both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up the same as the fool, what's the value of my wisdom? Since I'm going to die, even though I'm wise and he's foolish, since I'm going to die and we're both going to die. Why keep restraints on my life? And we studied that last week. Why keep all these restraints when we're both going to die? What Solomon doesn't say here is that it's not the tomb that's waiting for you. It's the judgment seat of God that's waiting for you. It's not the worms. It's the almighty, holy God. And he says, since I will end up the same as the fool, what's the value of my wisdom? This is also meaningless. For the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will be remembered any longer than the fool. In the days to come, they will be forgotten. So I came to hate life. And here's a man who had pools that imported water from India. There's a man who had 700 wives. No wonder he was crazy. This was a man who had houses. This was a man that had gardens. He had everything there was to have. But he lived his life bankrupting Israel to try to fulfill his pleasure. And he bankrupted his nation trying to meet his needs what only God can meet. And we will bankrupt friendships. And we will bankrupt ourselves. And we will bankrupt our futures. And we will bankrupt so many things. Because we're trying to find ways in the natural to fulfill what only Holy Spirit can satisfy. Hmm. He said, once again, everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. When we have read this the last two weeks, this is all about him, but this is Paul's counsel. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Before I start continuing down this road towards what could end up, that what's just fun right now, what's exciting right now, before I continue down this road where I'm getting something I don't get at home and I feel something I don't feel at home. As you, before you continue down that road, just think about it. It's not about your own interest, but it's about your mate and your children's interest. It's about Holy Spirit's interest. Sin is selfish. It always makes us want to do things that, to satisfy ourselves. And I want to share this scripture with you. Do you like honey? Don't eat too much or it will make you sick. Message says, when you're when you're given a box of chocolate, don't gulp it all down. Eat too much chocolate and you'll make yourself sick. I read that. I started thinking what the best icing I've ever ate in my life was when mom would give me a beater. And you just get a beater and that icing just made you want more. And then was there any left in the bowl? Mom, can we lick the bowl? You got to share with your brother. Why did you have to have another kid? If it would have been the only child, I would have had two beaters and a little bit in the bowl. But no, my brother had to have half. But that icing on the beater was the best. And when you get older and you can get a cup. Ew, it didn't taste like the icy mama made. And remember when you used to only be given a bag of M&M's and you had to make them last? And now you can buy three bags for a dollar. All you just eat and eat was it's not as good. As when you had a limit and self-discipline. When your mama told you you can only have one. When you had another one, it was just as good as the first one. It's the same thing that he's telling us here. Live a balanced life. Live a disciplined life. Because you got to be careful that you don't hide from where God wants to protect you. Because you can end up thinking, and this happens to a lot of marriages. Oh, when we get married, man, it is going to be a honeymoon. We're going to live on sex and intimacy for the rest of our life. If you eat too much icing, it'll make you sick. You can't live on the icing because real life happens. You need more substance than icing. It'll get you high. it gets get you excited. But you need more to survive on than icing. It's got to be balanced. Everybody say balanced. I bet you never heard a preacher preach like this before. But I want to save you from natural disasters. And I apologize if this is a little too much for children. But uh, I, I, I won't go in any more than this. But I want to give you some things. Can I give you some boards and some n- nails and some bolts on how to affair-proof your marriage? Can I hear an amen? Yes. Are you interested? Yes. For the person next to you. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay, I hear you. Anyway, listen. You can have an affair without going physical. This is where a lot of people make mistakes. You can have a visual affair. A phone affair, which I guess you would call a Virtual. Yeah, okay. Virtual. Same as a varnet. Anyway, you can have a virtual affair. Virtual. Virtual affair. You can have a, a physical affair or you can have an emotional affair. And if you don't, listen to me now. If you're one flesh, if you cheat with your mind, that's just as bad as cheating with your body, whether you believe it or not. If we go places in our mind, Jesus said, He who looks upon a woman with lust committed adultery already in their heart. So we got to pluck it out, the eye. But you know what happens when we pluck the eye out? You know how we are, we got one more. You cut one arm off, you got one arm. The problem is not your eye or your arm, the problem is the heart. And he's warning us about being careful here. And these emotional, being unfaithful, crossing physical and and mental boundaries in our mind. And we got to establish boundaries. And one of the things the Holy Spirit gave to me, this is me as Russell, Cindy's husband. This is do not grieve the Holy Spirit, do not quench the Holy Spirit. And with those same rules, I can't grieve and quench my wife with things that I may be doing that she's not pleased with. I don't want the Holy Spirit to leave me, and I don't want her to leave me. In two weeks, it's going to make 35 years she's beaten me and tortured me. And then that lioness up there, and I'm just running for my life. I'll wear, i bear on my body the marks. <laughs> the Holy Spirit help us not to grieve you, but also it's the same way in our relationship. So we put boundaries, and it's important to know where to draw the lines. And I'll share, share a few with you. It's important that you and your mates sit down and establish some boundaries. For example, she'll, we'll share not fighting. We'll share, I'll tell her, i say, honey, I- I'm not comfortable about this, that, you know, maybe with one of her, her clients or something, and she'll tell me, Russ, I don't want you standing over there praying. I don't want you, you know, I, I-, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the way that lady hugs you. I- I, she'll, she'll tell me these things and tells me these are boundaries. I don't think you ought to ride with another woman in the car, just you and her. And so, you know, all right, that's in the manual. God have mercy if I ever get caught. And I think they we ought to have boundaries, and I think each man and woman ought to be free to sit down with their mate and tell them, you know, that bothers me what you're doing. I I see you at church. It's in church, so it's supposed to be innocent, but I see you kissing another woman on the lips, and the truth is those lips are supposed to be only mine. And I know I'm talking to some people. You may be here right now, and you may not like what I'm saying, but I tell you what. If you don't kiss your mom and don't kiss your wife, you don't need I mean, if you only kiss your mom and only kiss your wife on the lips, I don't think you're supposed to kiss another woman on the lips. Now, maybe somewhere in Asia or something like that, they got some other type of tradition. Well, that's over there. You're in, you're, you're in Redneckville. <laughs> you don't kiss your cousins on the lips here. <laughs> you don't go in church kissing sisters. And listen, you don't do for, to full, hunt, to full frontal hugs. You need to do the Holy Ghost hug. You see, see, if you don't get taught, see, some of y'all weren't, weren't taught at home. You know, everything went. And that's all right. That's under the blood. But if we don't talk about these things, I mean, it be, there's things happening. There's things happening. They shouldn't be happening. If your wife tells you, I don't want you, you're, you go dancing with your wife or your husband. And your wife tells you, I don't want you dancing with that woman because I don't like the way she dances. Or I don't like you dancing with that man because I don't like the way he dances. Then you do not dance with them. If you say, baby, it's totally innocent. Yeah. That's so what Judas said. <laughs> it's totally innocent. So you sit down and you have these rules, you know, touch. If they say, I don't like the way she compliments you. I don't like the way you compliment her. You take note. It's quite in this Presbyterian church this morning. <laughs> take note. This is an important one. This, the, we all have to work on this area. Evaluate with your mate your vulnerabilities. For example, I'm a good listener. And so it would be easy for a lady. Oh, you, you, my husband don't ever listen to me. My wife don't ever listen to me. Oh, I, I wish I had somebody listen to me the way you listen to me. All of a sudden there's emotions that start because of the vulnerabilities of who you are naturally. And you're not doing anything on purpose. But you might be a complimenter and you just like to compliment people and you compliment both men and women and you just don't compliment women. You're just a complimenter. It's your temperament. It's your personality. We understand. But you got to understand also that sometimes there will be the opposite sex who takes your vulnerability or your gift or who you are to another place because they find something they're not getting at home. And you're going to work, you're going to school, you're you're being with friends, you're doing different things. And all of a sudden they don't see that as a vulnerability. They see that as something they could fall in love with or they like to be around or they can't wait to be around it again. And so there's these vulnerabilities we have to be careful of. And these signs of going too far past the limit would be number one, emotional intimacy where you start sharing. This is important where you start sharing your thoughts and your feelings with someone who is not your mate about your mate. You're at work. It gets real easy. You don't. my wife just don't get me. Well, I don't understand. You're so easy to understand. I could live the rest of my life listening to you. I understand you. What is it that she doesn't understand? Is he just stupid? And you go, yeah. And they go, I got you. Because you like the way I listen to you. Just reeling you in. And so we have to be careful of these emotional intimacies. And also, we've got to be careful of this the sexual temi- tension, or you could call it chemistry. It could be a chemistry other than with your mate. And you feel this chemistry. And so you start feeling it. And and if you start feeling it, then you know you've got to start attacking it because it gets in your head before it gets in the bed. So you've got to start attacking this chemistry, this feeling that you're having. And you've got to close the door on it, rebuke it, get some counsel, whatever you have to do. But you cannot ignore it because it will just grow if it's not dealt with. Secrecy. My phone does not have no passcode. My computer... They all know everything. The other day, my phone's on the bar. Brand just picked it up and go all that. I thank God that my kids and my wife can pick up my phone and I don't have to worry. But if your wife's coming down and you got to close your laptop or you got to turn your phone off or you got to hide your phone or whatever the case may be, that's not freedom. And I know you may have an agreement. Well, I respect her privacy as she respects mine. But if there's something you're hiding there, then you're on the borderline of an affair. And let me tell you, you ought to be sending emojis and notes to your mate and not someone else. I mean, you can send emojis to friends and all that, but I'm talking about lips. You know those lips emojis? Jake, don't ever send me a lip emoji or you're fired, dude. You're fired. You're fired right now. But that's one thing I appreciate. I just got to say, I appreciate godly men like Jake and Shane and Greg who are on staff here. I appreciate that they are faithful to their wives in every area, mentally and bodily and spirit and soul and financially indebted. And I'm just proud of our, our staff. And I thank God for godly staff and a godly worship team. All of our warriors, I appreciate them. But secrecy, we got to be careful because it's so easy to get over on the line. And if, if, if there's sexual chemistry or something with somebody, me in groups, don't meet by yourself. Staff and I, you meet in a room with the door open or I'll, I'll, I'll be a lot of times in the hall next to his office with the door open. Because you got to be careful. Avoid f- frequent conversations about your personal life. Got to be careful about complaining about your mate to other people because they're listening. And and the more you complain about your mate, the more they're despised in your sight anyway. Listen, this is another one. I can't believe it, but it is. And I found out about it. Online dating. Married men and women are getting on online dating to make friends. Now, if you're single, that's one thing. But a married person, you're married in your mind and your soul. You do not need to be online dating because you're married. If you're on an online dating spot and you're trying to meet women from Russia, China and whoever knows where else, you are in sin because you got a vow to be only for them. Think about the consequences. Think about the consequences of the affair. I got to hurry here. Let me tell you another thing. Let me drop this off. This is so important. Listen, I would encourage you. If you want a marriage to last, ours has been 35 years. We've been getting together 38 years. If you want a marriage to last, guess where we met? We met in church. I said, we met in church. We met in church. We had a missionary and she came in that night and I sent a friend to take a picture of her and I still have the pictures that he snuck of her because wow. You meet in church and you raise your children in church and I'm going to tell all you singles something. Listen, I'm praying and you pray with me. I know there's not a lot to choose from in this church. No, that's what I've been told. I've been told that. No, I'm sorry. I, 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 okay, I got I to gotta correct. Y'all, y'all forgive me. I'm sorry. Listen, let me explain it. I was told that by a friend who left. He was a guy. He left because there wasn't nobody to choose from because either all married or there's not a lot to choose from. So so I heard that and I've heard it before. So y'all got to understand, it's not that you're not cool and you're not good looking and pretty and all that other stuff. No, I don't mean that. Uh, Ooh, I am, turn the air up for me, please. Anyway, listen. Oh. Anyway, listen to me. What, what it means is that there's not a lot of, to choose from. And so you need to join me And praying that God will send more single men and women. Godly men and women in this church. You got me? (laughs) You got to pray that God will raise up strong single ministries. College age ministries. Full of college age kids. Who can find somebody to court and date here in church. Y'all don't sound very excited about that. Oh, I I none blew it. I'm sorry. (laughs) But listen, I'm I'm telling you all this. Let's just pray that, look, we want to expand this building and everything. And more single people come in and then, wow, you don't have to go shopping somewhere else. (laughs) Amen. God can put you together here. So anyway, listen, when you put two couples together, there's there's going to be... You're going to have two different opinions and you're going to... You're not always going to see eye to eye, but you keep walking hand in hand. And there's times, listen, there's times... I'll tell you, she's here, but I'll tell you my secret line. I get in trouble and she turns into that tigress and I'm that little cow running around. And I'll I'll say, baby, this is my line. Baby, I don't know what I was thinking. Baby, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. Say with me, men, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. If I happened... I'm not saying I do, but if I happen to look at a lady, just to look in her face like that tigress tells me, Oh, I hope you enjoyed it because you're gonna pay for that later. You're gonna pay for that later. And I go and say, baby, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know, it was a demon in my eye. Come out in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I'm so glad we can laugh together. <laughs> But there's, 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 there's going to be storms in marriage. But it makes you both grow stronger. And you got to keep dating your wife and sending to, and your husband. You got to keep sending emojis to one another. You got to keep what we call hitting singles. You got to write little notes and you got to do different things and put it on the pillow. You got to keep that going forever because the romance will continue forever. But you've got to continue it. You got to take them out. You got to go out as a couple every week. It doesn't have to be nothing fancy. You hear the songs just sit on the back of a pickup truck watching the moon. Amen. Amen. Drink a Coca-Cola and RC Cola and a moon pie. I mean, that's it. But you keep the romance going. And some of you are saying, "But but we don't have any." God is the God of restoration. And you may be here this morning, you may be broken, you may be hearing this and you're going, but I live in hell. I have it so hard. It is, it is hard. And it's hard to be faithful because I don't have what I need at home. But God is a God of restoration, and He's a God of new beginnings. And I tell you, through it all, you will be so much more inner peace and happiness doing it God's way than doing your way. Solomon thought, I'll do it my way. And Solomon said, Chapter four, verse one, I praise the dead better than the living and I praise those who had never been born than those of us who have been born. That was straight from the mouth of a man who had it all, could get it all, did it all and ended up saying, I wish I would have never been born. That was the wisest, richest man in the world of that time. I want you to stand and every head bowed and every eye closed. I hope some of these nuts and bolts encouraged you and helped you today and things to work on. Things to write down and, and to work on to save your life, to save your marriage, to save your passion, to save, save you from the pathway of destruction of the fool, Proverbs said. We spoke last week a little bit touched touch, so important key of humility being teachable. If I defend myself with my wife, it may be because I'm guilty of that area she's bringing to my attention. The same with me to her. If I'm open. It's because, first of all, I want the heart of God and I'm going after the heart of God. And if I'm going after the heart of God, then I'm going to have the heart of my wife. Because if I love my wife and if she loves me like Christ loves the church, then she loves me like she loves Christ and I love her like I love Christ. I'm going after the heart of God. I'm going after the heart of God. And when I see God, I I see my wife through different eyes. I see my children through different eyes. I see my brothers and sisters through different different eyes. Because I'm going after the heart of God. So if you're here today... Let me just pray over you heavenly father. I pray for those here today who may in areas be struggling and there is no condemnation But I thank you that there is there is an inner feeling and a fresh spirit of the holy spirit to fall upon each and every one Who is in a place in an area that they're battling in Some may be at the at, at the place of breaking where their marriage may be at the point of being destroyed Some may have already had their mate walk out on him Some may have already been in a place where it seems like it's all over I know there's always so many wounded and hurt people from the present and the past. But we ask you on this day, Heavenly Father, the week before Father's Day, that you, our Heavenly Father, will heal the wounds of your children. That you're a good, good father and you desire good things for your children. And you're not like a natural father that can run away, that can leave or can fail. You're a father that cannot fail. So I ask you to mend the broken hearted and heal the wounds, the memories, the emotions tied to the memories of being left and being lost. Heal your people, heavenly father. And father, for those who are battling in their flesh. You battled in yours, and that's why you're called our high priest, because you've been tempted with everything we are tempted with. And Elijah was a man with such passions as we You understand as Jesus our high priest And you're making intercession Even for those who are caught In the area of an affair Whether it's emotional, physical or any other way You are interceding on their behalf That they may be saved and delivered from that So I thank you Holy Spirit For moving and breaking the strongholds Of deception Of selfishness, of pride Of lust Of adultery I ask you to break those spirits in Jesus' name. May they come a purging force of the Spirit of God through our lives and purge us clean and give us the grace. Because on our own, we cannot break what is breaking us. It's only you, Father, by your grace that can break that which is breaking us. So today, Father, I think that you're coming to heal the brokenhearted, the broken lives, the broken marriages, the broken trust. Heal the broken trust. Restore the trust, restore the love, restore the look in the eye. Restore the luck, the look in the eye of what they once saw that seems to have been lost, and now it seems all is lost. Restore marriages in your house today, Father. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Your heads are still bowed, your eyes are still closed. Before we dismiss, I cannot dismiss you without giving you an opportunity of you giving your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you know you're lost or you've never asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not asking if you were raised in church. I'm asking if you really accepted Him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right there where you are. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else, anyone else, you want to receive Christ right now into your heart and Savior, into your heart as your Lord and Savior and forgiveness of all your sins? You want a new beginning. If that's you, raise your hand. Raise your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you, I see that hand back there. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? Just put your hand upon your heart and pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me and for your mercy, which is more than sufficient. Have mercy upon my life. And today, I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying in my place as a substitute for my sins so that today i can go free and i can go clean and it's because of you jesus that i am saved amen and amen let's give the lord praise amen let's give the lord praise (laughs) hallelujah well listen I love you. I praise God for you. I'm praying for you. Jesus is interceding for you. Don't forget that next Sunday we're going to be here for Father's Day. It's going to be a great day. Also, if you know anybody who might need these CDs, just tell them you need the CD. It's online. It, we, we just want to be able to help people who are in the battle of their life. And there's so many that are. It doesn't make you a bad person. Just a person who's battling. And he wants to help you. and We want to help you. We love and bless each and every one of you. See you Wednesday night for Bible study as our brother Cody comes in and dismiss us. God bless you.
3: Pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Father, I just thank you that right now that we have healthy lives, that we have healthy marriages, healthy relationships, God. Father, I just pray right now for a discerning of spirits within our minds, that the thoughts that we have, that we would take them captive, and we would judge, is this from heaven or is this from hell? And everything that comes from hell has to leave. And Father, I just pray that everything that comes from heaven, that we would cultivate it and allow it to grow. And the promises that you've put in our lives, God, that they would grow in our lives, grow in our hearts, Father. God, so that we can have those healthy relationships. Father, I just pray that right now that our marriages would be the epitome, that that it would show Christ's love for the church. That husbands, that we would stand up and we would love our wives. And that our wives would trust the decisions that we make because we sought the Lord first. Father, any area in our lives that we need healing, Father, I just pray that you would just breathe your spirit on us, God. That we would all be healthy, Father. We just give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Y'all have a great week and God bless.